0: Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And I would like to speak to you today, cut the engine, stop fueling the flesh. If you will pray with me. Lord God, we thank you, we worship you, we praise you for this great opportunity that we have to come into your presence. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that we have the freedom to come and to be in your house, to worship you, Lord Jesus, without reservation. Lord God, that we have the ability to come and to hear your word, to fellowship with the saints. Lord God, and now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would fill my mouth with your words. Lord God, that it would not be with enticing words, of man's wisdom, but with the power, Lord Jesus, of your spirit. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you that no flesh would glory in your presence. Lord God, and I ask that you would prepare our hearts. Lord God, that we would break up the hardened ground of our hearts, that we would remove the rocks, that we would dig out the weeds, Lord Jesus, that we would remove the thorns, the cares of this life. Lord, that we might be able to be in a position to receive your word, that the seed might be planted in our heart, that it might grow root and it would produce fruit in our lives. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you, Lord God, that now, Lord God, that your spirit would take over. Lord Jesus, that your word would be accomplished. And I thank you and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to quiz you. Does anyone remember what Brother Hatton spoke on last week? Can anyone remember what the title was? What was it? Help wanted. Is that right, Brother Hatton? Help wanted. Laborers needed. And I want to remind you the five points that he made because it ties into what I want to share with you today. He gave us five points of things in our lives that can hinder us from fulfilling the will of the Lord in our lives. There is a lack of laborers in the church, as the as the scripture said, that the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he gave us five reasons as to why that might be here in the church. He said the first thing is biblical illiteracy, that there is this lack of confidence in our ability to handle the word of God. He gave us a second point that fear of persecution and rejection keep us from working in the Lord's kingdom. The third one he said was distraction and self-absorption, that we are distraction. He mentioned his phone that sometimes he wants to just chuck it out, right? That there's so many distractions. The fourth point he mentioned was that we have this attitude of, well, that's not my job right? And the fifth point was that we don't see the eternal impact of what God is asking us to do. We are too focused in the current on our own limitations. And I would like to, to bring your attention to Ephesians 2.10. And I noticed this is the, the passage for the ladies retreat. I believe that's going to be a really great word. And Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship, created In Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should, what? Walk in them. That we are God's craftsmanship. We are the workman, his workmanship. That I picture, whenever I read this verse, I picture the Lord as that potter. With the clay in his hands molding it. And the potter is gently caressing the clay to the form, the image that it wants. And that vessel that is being created, the potter has a purpose in mind that he has for that object. That we are like that in God's hands. That he has crafted us beautifully, ornately for a purpose and a plan that he has for our lives. That we should walk in it. Good works. That he has for us that we should walk in them, and I believe the points that Brother Hatton shared with us tell us why we aren 't walking in these things, and I would pose to you, going back to romans eight five for they that walk after the flesh, did you see that walk right the word walk for they that walk after the flesh do what. Mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I want to draw your attention here to the word. Mind, because in the Greek this word is froneo, and it means to put your mind towards something, to seek after or to strive for, that we are setting our minds seeking and striving after things of the flesh. Carnal things. And when we become so absorbed in the carnal and in the fleshly, we aren't walking in those good works. That God has before ordained that we should walk in them. 2 Timothy 2 3 through 4 says it this way Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself. With the affairs of this life. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That God has chosen us for a work in his kingdom. He put it this way that he called us to be a soldier. That as the soldier we need to take the command from our officer. The commanding officer. The chief. That we need to be listening for his command. And that we need to do it. But the reason it says in this verse that you wouldn't is if you become entangled. And I would pose to you that we, as a body of Christ, have become entangled. That we have become wrapped up, tangled, and interwoven with the things of this life. As Brother Hatton said, that we would have a love of other things greater than a love for the Word. That we would be tangled in fear, distraction, self-absorption, and a focus on our own limitations. So what do we do? We see that we struggle with this, that we, all of us as human beings, we wrestle with the carnality, with the flesh that we have to live in, that I wish that when we got saved we would just get our glorified bodies, be done with this, but unfortunately we aren't there yet. We have to live in this flesh and in this carnal body. So what do we do? We recognize that we are being dominated by the flesh, that we are being dominated by the carnal mind. And how do we then transition? How do we transition from walking after the flesh to walking after the spirit and walking in those good works that Christ has before ordained for us? Okay, I want to use your imagination if you will. I want you to picture this. I want to picture. I want you to picture. You're on the highway, on a motorcycle, Harley, of course. Because we are near Harley headquarters. We passed it on our way to church, and I was asking my husband about it. Like, that's where the original Harley Davidson was, right? And my husband actually had the opportunity to work at Harley Davidson for a couple of years, and I think it's a great company. And anyway, so he—I want you to picture this, then. We are on this Harley, whatever color you want. It is nice, new, it is sleek, and you are cruising, right? You are cruising down the highway. You feel the wind in your hair. It feels like you are flying, right? Okay. But now picture this. We're still, we're using our imagination. Picture it. You're doing this. It feels free. But then you go around a corner and all of a sudden you realize up ahead is an accident, a multi-car accident, and you are headed straight for it. What do you do? Well, for anyone who knows about motorcycles, I had to look into this because I don't. I've never ridden one before, but I think they're super cool. There's three things that you have to do to stop that motorcycle. Okay, first thing is... Got your hands on the handlebar, right? You got the clutch in one. You got the throttle in the other. You got a brake here, a brake on the, the arm thing too. But Anyway, you have to first let up on that throttle because when you push on that throttle, you are fueling the engine, right? You are feeding fuel into the engine. So first thing you need to do to stop this motorcycle is you need to let off of that throttle, right? Okay. Okay, we're getting there. We're not, we're not there yet guys. Okay. Next thing you need to do is you need to press on that brake. Right? You need to stop your forward momentum into that accident. And the third thing you need to do is you need to let off of the clutch. Now, what the clutch does is it connects the power of the engine to the rear wheel because motorcycles are rear-wheel drive dominantly. So you need to disconnect the power of the engine from driving that rear wheel. All right, you all with me here? All right, we're riding our motorcycle. Now, let's picture this. Our motorcycle is the flesh, right? Right? We are riding our motorcycle of the flesh, and it feels free, doesn't it? We feel the wind in our hair. It feels like we are flying. But what we didn't know is that around that corner is that accident. Now, what do we need to do spiritually to stop the motorcycle of the flesh that is leading us straight for destruction? You with me here? Okay. <laughs> all right first thing is then we need to let off of that throttle we need to stop fueling the engine of the flesh if you will go with me to romans thirteen fourteen, that says this but put ye on the lord jesus christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts Thereof, we need to first stop fueling the flesh by giving it resources, provision. We have got to stop feeding in to the flesh. Now, I think of it this way: <clears throat> I'm going to tell myself I'm starting to try and eat healthier. I don't want to use the word diet, okay? But eating healthier, having a healthier lifestyle. And so for me and my house this week as I'm doing grocery shopping, I'm not going to want to fill my cupboards with soda and chips and cookies and candy, because I know if I do, I will not be eating the things that I want to eat. I will be filling myself on the things that my flesh desires, which is junk, right? Right? And so here's the thing. Spiritually, we need to stop feeding ourselves the things that our flesh desires. Because when we feed the flesh, we will have no hunger for the things of the spirit. Okay. Now, bear with me. Because this, this is how I am. Whenever my husband preaches, I always go home and I'm like, okay, now break this down for me. How do you do that specifically? Like, I want steps four, like one through four. How do I practically do that, okay? Will you guys bear with me? Let's go through this. How do we stop fueling the flesh? What are avenues in our life that are fueling the flesh? And I would like to pose a few things that, first off, we are feeding our flesh through entertainment, Through movies and shows that we watch, the music that we listen to, sports shows that we're captivated by, news broadcasts, social media platforms like Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. All of these things, and I'm not saying these things are in and of themselves sinful because they are not. But they feed our flesh. They feed the carnal mind. Right? And so we need to take inventory of how much time are we spending on these things? What is the content? What is the content of the things that we are putting before our eyes, right? Are we putting things before our eyes that are strengthening our biblical values? Or are we putting things before our eyes that, well, maybe not so much, maybe have a bit of sexual immorality, people just sleeping around a little bit. I mean, that's Whatever, you know, that maybe it's just it's a little bit of violence and murder and maybe it's just a little bit of foul language and profanity and foul speaking and conversation. Maybe it's just a little bit of magic and witchcraft and all these things that don't please God. Right. When we are putting those things before our eyes, we are feeding our flesh. All right, second way that we can feed the flesh here is through material possessions. That are we feeding our flesh through the things that we own and the things that we possess? I forget the term for it. It's something therapy. Shopping therapy. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about? Retail therapy. There it is. There's the word. All right, are we using retail therapy? Instead of when we're in a position of stress, are we going to God Or are we using the means of the flesh through retail therapy? Or are we buying things just to stoke our own pride and ego? Like, look what I got. And I don't, not that I want to look what I have, I want you to look. Look what I have. Look what I am wearing. Look what I have on. Are we getting these, these physical material possessions to draw attention to ourselves, to draw attention maybe to our body or our figure? Or are we using the things that we buy as tools in order to serve the Lord? You with me still? All right. The next way that we can fuel the flesh is through our interactions with others, through friendships and relationships. And I want you to analyze, to take a minute to analyze the conversations that you have with others. Are they pure and are they holy? Or is it maybe a little bit of talking bad about someone else, right? Are we, are we using our conversation and our dialogue with others to glorify God or to feed our flesh? Are the interactions that we're having with others, especially of the opposite gender, appropriate, right? Or are we eh, maybe doing a little something we shouldn't do? Or what are the attitudes that are being fostered in these friendships and relationships? Is it iron sharpening iron? Or are we fostering negativity and mindsets that aren't conducive for the work of the Lord? Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We need to stop fueling the flesh. All right. Back on our motorcycle, right? We have let off the throttle. We have stopped fueling the flesh. Next thing we need to do is we need to put on that brake. And in the spirit, there are some things as a Christian that we just need to put the brake on. There are some things that we need to stop doing. Some places that we need to stop going. First Peter 2.11. Dear, dearly beloved... I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. We need to abstain from some things. Colossians 3, 5 through 10, and if you'll bear with me, I want to read it in the NLT if that's all right. It says this, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. We need to put the brakes on. Proverbs 8.13 says this, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth, do I hate, says the Lord, that we need to begin to hate the things that God hates. If we, to be honest, if we don't hate it, we're not going to stop. We have the things that you are struggling with. If there's something that you can think of that you're like, I know I need to put the brake on this, but I don't hate it. It's not going to work. You have got to see it and you have to speak to it and say I hate you. I hate this. First John 2:15 through 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. That we can't love the things of this world. We have to hate it. We have to put the brakes on. We have to let these things go. Romans twelve one through 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren and Brother Hatton, he mentioned this verse. He said, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that we need to say, Lord, here I am. I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. And as Brother Hatton said, that is our reasonable service. That is the base amount that we should do. And it continues on not to be conformed to this world. It's like a mold that you pour it into and it makes this figure, right? Don't be poured into the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that we need to to reject the the mold that the world is trying to pour us into. We we need to present ourselves to the Lord as a living sacrifice and allow him to transform us. And I, I love the part that comes next, that ye may prove to make manifest what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice, when we make the determination not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed, do you know what God does? he will prove to you what his goodwill is for your life. We need to mortify this flesh. We need to offer ourselves daily on God's altar and be determined not to be conformed to the image of this world. We need to put that brake on. All right, we're back on our motorcycle. Third thing we need to do, we need to disengage the clutch. We need to cut the power of the engine... The power that is running this world from the rear wheel. The driving force. We need to disconnect ourselves from the power that is trying to drive this world. We need to stop associating with our old man. We, we need to stop associating as a slave to sin and a servant to Satan. Because he is no longer our master. If you will turn with me. To Romans 6, 11. And it says this, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign or rule in your mortal body, that ye should obey it, In the lusts thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but Ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now." Yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope you caught there that we are free from sin. We have been disconnected from the power that is running this world. We are no longer the servants of sin and Satan. We have a new identity identity in christ we have a new master now that doesn't mean satan might not come and say hey you know you know you used to do this for me come come and do this now but do you know what he has no power and authority and you need to put him in his place i rebuke you satan get under my feet the bible says in james 4 7 submit thyself therefore to god resist the devil And he will flee from you. Did you catch what came first? Submit. If we don't submit to God, we can't resist the devil. There's no way that we can do any of this in our own strength and ability. If we try to stop this motorcycle in our own strength and ability, it's like trying to overcome the flesh with the flesh. The flesh cannot overcome itself. It's like trying to step on the brakes while going full throttle. We have to let up on that throttle. We need to stop fueling the flesh. We need to step on that brake and say no to sin. We need to disengage that clutch and disconnect ourselves from the power of this world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are a new creature in Christ. Satan may try to have you associate with your old man. He may say, don't you remember you're a sinner? Don't you remember that you were a thief that you were a fornicator, that you were an idolater, that you were a drunkard, that he will try and connect you with your past identity. But the Bible says that no, those things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, that we are a new creature in Christ. That you are no longer those things that now you are the beloved of God. That you are the child of God. That you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That you have the righteousness of God in him. That we are no longer what we used to be. And we need to walk in that new identity. We need to tell Satan, you need to shut up. That is not who I am anymore. Romans 8.13 says this, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. That it is only through the Spirit that we can mortify this flesh. And unfortunately, I have to say that it is a daily thing. This isn't a one-time, you beat it, it's done, I'm free, whoo! sorry we're still in this body we are still in this flesh and as much as i want that new body i've got this one and i'm i thank the lord for the life that that i have for the body that i have but this body is corrupted by sin and every day i need to make the decision when i wake up in the morning to let up on that throttle today i'm going to decide i'm not going to fuel this flesh. Every day I need to wake up and I need to say, I'm going to put the brake on sin. <laughs> that I am going to stop my forward motion into sin. And I need to disengage that clutch. Every day I have to remind myself who I am in Christ. I have to remind myself that I am a new creature in Christ. That old things are passed away. All things are become new. And it is only through the power of the Spirit that we can do that. It is only through coming to a point of complete dependence on God. Saying every morning, God, I can't do this without you. God, I can't fight the flesh without you. That without the power of the Holy Spirit, it is futile. It is like pushing on the brake while going full throttle. You might slow down a little bit, but eventually you're going to wear out that brake. And it's going to be gone. And that's what it is when we try and just do it in our own flesh. When we try to just use our own free our own our own willpower, I'm just gonna fight the flesh in the flesh, and it's not gonna work. We have to be in a place of complete dependence on God. Philippians 4:13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Matthew 19:26 says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That we can't do this of ourselves. As James 4, 7 said, we need to first submit to God. Being completely dependent on him as a child. We had this Sunday school lesson recently that we need to come to God as a little child. My son, when he was born, he was completely dependent on me for sustenance, to care for him, and we need to come to God in that same way. God, I can't do it. I can only do it through you and your strength and your ability. And one more thing, that God is a good father. He is such a good father. And a lot of times when people think, i got to stop all this stuff, why is it even considered sin? Who called it a sin? Why, like, you're just trying to keep, like, I'm riding this motorcycle of the flesh, and it is nice, right? I feel free. I feel the wind in my hair. Why does God want me to stop doing all this stuff? He just doesn't want me to have fun. He just doesn't want me to live the good life, right? Right? Is that? God is a good father. And, like, my son, he's a toddler now, and he's getting into everything you should see our house. There are baby gates. There are outlet covers. There are locks. Why? Is it because I don't want my son to have fun? Well, I, I don't. It's just because I don't want him exploring that. He'll have too much fun doing that. No, it is because I love him and I want what's best for him. And I know if I allowed him the liberty to do all the free range stuff that he wants to do, he is going to hurt himself. That when we tell our child, don't touch the stove, it's not because we're being malicious and (laughs) I just don't want them to have fun. We know if they touch it, they're going to get burned. And God is putting restrictions on us not to keep us from living the good life, but because he knows as our good father, if we touch that stuff, we will get burned. And we need to be confident in that, that he is a loving father. That these things are for our good. And for the good of those around us. If we as a church are dominated by the flesh and dominated by carnality, we can never fulfill the work that God has called us to. And if the pastor would like to come up, I'm done. But I want you... But I want you to remember this week, meditate on this every day. Disengage the, the, or let off the throttle, stop fueling the flesh, put on that brake, stop your forward momentum into sin, and disengage the clutch. Stop the connection with the power of this world.
1: What an awesome title. Stop fueling the flesh. Stop fueling the flesh. I remember somebody uh, who, uh, many years ago, I, I won't name any names, and they used to uh, hate. They used to say they used to hate watching, you know, violence, and they'd watch the the wrestling match and they'd go, "Oh no, they're hitting him!" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you know, a lot of us deceive ourselves. As they said before the Lord's Supper, let every man and woman examine himself. Am I fueling the flesh? You know, as she was speaking, I had a little bit of conviction. There are certain things I'm feeding myself. I'm a a news junkie. And not everything that you see on the news is is that healthy. You know, it's not not healthy. So I'm sure there's some things that I'm fueling that I need to stop. If there's something that you're fueling, meditate upon this word today. Because I believe it was from God. We want to grow. We want to have power with God. We want him to answer our prayers. But yet we are fueling the flesh. And if we're not careful, we'll go around the corner and there will be the blockage in the road. There will be the wall. And we might not be able to stop. The reason why there's all these things is to protect us, as she said. Sometimes we just don't know. We think when we're a teenager, we know everything. We're going to live forever. But the message today is stop fueling the flesh. Amen. I'm going to meditate on that one. (laughs) They say you are what you eat. Right? Right? That's the saying, you are what you eat. Jesus said, it's what comes out of us defiles us. So we have to be careful what we're taking in. And we're going to close this service, but it's such a powerful word. This altar is open. If you want to make a commitment, the key that she said was submit. We cannot do it in ourselves. I don't have the willpower to stop certain things. But I have to yield myself, as it said, whoever you yield yourself to, his servant, you become. So it's easy in a sense. Yield yourself to God. Yield yourself to Jesus. Then what does it say? His servant, you will become. Who wants to be his servant today? All we have to do is yield ourselves. How do we do that? Well, we, we can do it by confession. We start to speak in prayer to God and say, Lord, you know who I am. You know where I am. Lord, I need to yield myself to you. Lord, all the things that are not good for me, Lord, I yield them to you. I submit to you. Because when we do that, we can become his servant. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to close. We're going to pray. We want to be touched. We want to be moved. I would never want to come to a church service and not be able to be moved because that would be scary I want to be able to know that when the message comes to me the word is open to my heart so I encourage you today open your heart don't look at somebody else and say it's them but be like the disciples when they were told that someone could betray Jesus they didn't all look and say it's him must be him no they said is it I is it I So today, as we close this service, let us have that in our mind. Is it I, Lord? Is there something I'm fueling? Have I got my foot on the gas? Have I got my hand on the throttle? Am I going in the wrong direction? Stop fueling the flesh. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Lord, we just thank you for showing up at Rehoboth, Lord, for speaking to our soul today. Oh, God, for giving us a word, Lord God, of warning, Lord God, of direction lord jesus lord we ask you right now help us to take this word to eat every word lord god that it would be strength to our souls that it would be edification to our spirit today lord god that we would examine ourselves on what direction we're going in what things we're doing what things we're absorbing the company that we're keeping lord we ask you right now to help us to yield ourself to you to become your servant indeed in truth not just in word but to be doers of the word Lord God we ask you right now Jesus hallelujah for those who have come to the front those who may not have come to the front but Lord who are seeking your face right now Lord Jesus Lord God that you would speak to their heart Lord God that you would soften their heart Lord God that you would soften my heart Lord God that I would change direction Lord God that Lord we would all repent Lord Jesus jesus hallelujah that we would yield to you to become your servant lord we ask you right now jesus hallelujah to fill this atmosphere lord god right now let your spirit touch and uplift oh god and edify and bless and heal and deliver and restore hallelujah every heart lord god that is seeking for you lord we ask it right now church if you could Pray if you could open your mouth, if you could raise your hands, if you could join with me right now and start to call upon the name of the Lord because he is here to heal and to deliver. Let us pray as the the praise team...